Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. tonight. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And tonight we are discussing how to spot a liar. Okay? Yeah, it's easier said than done, but we'll get into some tips on how to do that. And afterwards, we'll have some zone coverage and talk a little sports. But first, for those of you who may be new to the show or just need a reminder, maybe it's been a while, let me explain to you how this show works. This show is a platform for you. The callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, all of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak, and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time, because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q 
to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 529 starts after a word from my sponsors, Digital Software Key, Crisis Intervention, Knots for Change, and Truth Devour. Digital Software Keys has some of the best prices on the internet. Get Windows 7, 8, 10, and Microsoft Office products at incredibly low prices. Use the special discount code SALE40 and get $40 off all your orders. Head on over to DigitalSoftwareKeys.com for all of your software needs. That's DigitalSoftwareKeys.com. Did you know that one in four people in America live with a mental illness? Do you have the communication skill to help out if one is in a crisis? What if it's your best friend? Maybe your son or daughter. While Crisis Intervention isn't new, the book Crisis Intervention 101 is. It's easy to read, includes links to two videos, and it's under $10. Get your copy of Crisis Intervention 101 today on Amazon.com, because we all need help in a crisis. Change is a humanitarian and animal welfare organization dedicated to support those in need of help. Located in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, our products are trendy rope bracelets with anchor clasps emblazoned with a tag word. The tag word on each bracelet represents a specific cause, which will be matched with a charity. You see, Knots for Change's goal is to build relationships with charities worldwide. The causes we support are animal welfare, education, medical research and prevention, environment, human rights, veterans, world aid and development, mental health and wellness, health and fitness, and child development. You can find us on social media such as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by searching Knots for Change. That's K-N-O-T-S, the number four, C-H-A-N-G-E. We'll also be launching our website on September the 10th, knotsforchange.ca. That's K-N-O-T-S-F-O-R-C-H-A-N-G-E dot C-A. I began to live within my continuum of potential upon awakening to my own limitations of sight, sound, and altered understanding of everything previously believed to be known. Who am I? Who are you? Are you who you really are or who they want you to think you are? Understanding does not by default equate to truth because perspective will always be a relative state of shifting sands founded on our own limited knowledge at any given point within a spectrum of time. Change is inevitable. Are you ready? Available now, Illuminarium, book one in the upcoming Soliloquies Labyrinth series by award-winning indie author Truth Devour. Truth Devour, www.truthdevour.com. All right, and my thanks to all of my sponsors 
for supporting me on in tonight's Talk to Q radio show. Okay, three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number. You know, I've learned two things as of late, and that's it's just that the um the world is filled with liars and that women lie just as much as men. But the only thing that's worse than a liar is a thief, but we're not talking about thieves tonight. You know, lying is something that's normally done as a defense mechanism, but some people do it just to impress others. Now, I can't name the number of times I've heard someone lie unnecessarily just to look good in front of someone. So tonight I'll bounce some questions off of my show legends to get their opinions on liars and how to deal with them and how to point them out. To the phone lines I go, the 248 area code. The Motor City of Detroit. So welcome on show legend Crystal. Crystal, what's going on? Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. You're coming in loud and crystal clear. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're here uh, all week, right? Oh, yeah. I've been holding on that one for three years. All right. <laughs> and I got to go to the 850, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida. The holler at the man in black, show legend Buck. What's going on, man? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? How you doing, Crystal? Hello, Buck. All right. And we will go ahead and get started. Again, the number is 347-202-0215. If you want to chime in on the Talk to Q Radio show, you can also answer the questions via Twitter by searching and using hashtag T2Q, and you can also do the same to find it on Facebook. We've all dealt with liars. What's the main reason, in your opinion, that people lie when it comes to relationships? So they can continue having sex with a person. <laughs> well, that's it. That's the only reason why people lie. And when they don't want to have sex with them anymore, then they lie in order to get away from them. But basically, that's it. Okay. But what's your two cents? I can't argue with that. That sounds about right. I mean, that okay. sounds about right. I mean, she hit it. She hit it right on the head. I mean, get no clearer than that. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> A lot of puns tonight. Okay. So um, on Facebook, Chanel Tapper chimed in from L.A. She said, lack of morals and respect, no shame. She said, in the old days, probably also because of fear and shame, but ain't no shame with today's relationship liars. My man Dre chimes in from Tampa. He says, in addition to that, the fear of rejection, inexcusable as it is. Okay. So, yeah, like all of that kind of plays a role in it, you know. But, uh, Crystal, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that I thought that men, women lie just as much as men. But what do you think? Who lies more, men or women? Men. Thank you. Good night. Men. <laughs> Men lie because, yes, because this is such a simple topic for me, okay? Um, men lie because it is in their nature to lie, and 
You can tell when a man is lying because his lips are moving. It's a real joke, but it's so true. Yeah. Okay. Bug, what do you think? Who lies more, men or women? Both. I mean, I can't. I mean, I know Crystal probably, you know, from someone. Everybody's different. So, I mean, and everybody experiences different things. But I think it's the same on both sides. I think it's equal. Because I think, you know, especially in today's time, that, you know, everybody's trying to get their own piece of the pie. So there's, there's lies going on from both sides. It's not one more than the other. It just really depends on the situation and who you're dealing with. Because some, you know, some people lie more than others uh, just so they can have their cake and eat it too. Some just do it for whatever reason, whatever reason they think it's, you know, they validate themselves. But it, it's really, to me, I think it's equal on both parts because everybody's trying to get something. Okay. Well, you know, if you were to ask me 10 years ago, maybe, well, maybe 15 years ago, I would have told you that by far men lie more than women. But now I would give the slight edge to women, and I'll tell you why. And this is just based on, like, some guys that I know and their experiences. I've seen guys tell women the truth about what they want from a relationship, and they still are able to get what they want without any problems. I mean, it's like they don't don't even have to lie and say, I don't have a woman. They can say, look, I'm not trying to get in that relationship now, and if she likes them, she'll still give it to them. And But yet, I see a lot of women who I think try to lie and manipulate. And I'll be honest with you, too. I don't think they're as good at it as they once were. It used to be, man, you couldn't catch a woman in a lie. But now, I don't know because of social media or what, women just appear to be so sloppy to me that it's almost embarrassing. But, um, I mean, Crystal, do you think that women still lie better than men? Um. I don't think we lie as much as men do. I mean, um, better though. Better? There's that really one no time I would have said, I would have said, hands down, women were better liars than men, but I don't believe that now. I don't think there's a reason to lie to a man, quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think that to me, manipulation and lying is, is a little different. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a little. I don't know. It's it's. It's almost it's just within the same family, <laughs> their cousins, <laughs> as opposed to um, reality. I mean, I think that when you manipulate, you you know you may tell half truths or you may give them what they want, you know, in order to get what you want. Uh-huh. You know? So, I guess to, to put it in in terms that are completely unclear, it would be. <laughs> women lie yeah, we give them we give men the lie they want so we're just kind of mirroring back to them what we know they want it's a lie to us because we don't we're not that person uh-huh. you know, usually or we don't really want to be that way or whatever but we do it in order a lot of times, to please them or to get what we want or just to shut them up or something in order to get to the, you know, what we really want. That's and I guess like men do it, too. I can say that sounds exactly like what men do. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. But I think we're better at it because I think we're better at it because um, men actually believe because it's actually their lie. 
So they believe that this woman is pure, (laughs) is sweet, and just giving and is there for them and just, you know, nurturing and all this stuff uh, or whatever they see. And they believe that, okay, as soon as she closes the door to the outside, then she becomes this total freak, Uh whatever. Um, So... They're, they're lies within itself. So we mirror back to them what we think they want, which is usually what they want because it's pretty simple what they want. And um, for men, they, they're they not good at lying because we know they're lying and it is so obvious and they get tripped up in it so so easily and um, uh-huh. because they don't remember what they just did or said or because they, they don't care right. really because they already got what they wanted. Because I think for us, our lies, quote-unquote, are long-term. So we remember, you know, everything. Okay. All right. And, Buck, what do you think? You think that um, women are better liars than men? Well, if you were to ask me that five or six years ago, I would have said yes, but not now. I don't. I, I think they're worse. Actually, because they have to. I see what what I've seen, and it's not. It doesn't apply to everybody. So, but right. to, from what I've seen, from the experiences that I have, I just see stacks, and you know, they just stack stack one right behind the other, and you know, they just keep stacking, and it, you know, it don't take very long to figure that out. You know, when you got them stacked up like that. So, and I'm, I'm the only reason I'm saying that because I've seen it from recent experience. So. um you know, and that's the reason, you know, just just stacking on, stacking on, stacking, and then all, all you have to do is just look at your phone, look at the pictures that were taken, and it's easy easy to put together. So um, it's unfortunate, but things like that happen. Yeah, and and I agree with Buck. I um I, I don't know. I and even I'm not even talking about like women that I've necessarily women. Certain things, you know, and I'm like, okay, why was that even necessary? You know, I mean, lies trying to impress people and things of that nature. Uh, I don't mean like relationship lies, but so I, I think that things have changed a bit. Maybe guys, you know, still suck at lying, but I think women have lost the art of it too. I don't know, maybe the older women are teaching the younger women how to lie as much because. It can be sloppy. And then there's so much of a trail out there in social media to where you can catch someone in a lie so easily um, when it comes to who they're communicating with and things of that nature. But, all right, so Crystal, you know, some people have a tale when it comes to lying, they, they, you know, look up at the ceiling, they start to sweat, they put their hands in their pockets. Some people just do something to indicate that they're lying. But they say the eyes are the windows to the soul. I mean, how important is eye contact when it comes to outing a liar? Does that make a difference or not if they're making eye contact with you? Um. That could be an indication, but it's not as solid as some people think it is mm-hmm. because um, there are so many different reasons why people don't look you in the eye. It could be a cultural thing. Um, 
It could be um, a part of their nature that they don't look uh-huh. you in the eye or they're looking in other directions because they're thinking of other things. It may not be that they're lying. Um, so, but that, you know, has been one way of, you know, kind of telling if someone is, is lying or is trying to evade the truth a little bit. Um, but I think really only in America do we look each other in the eye like that. That's part of our culture to stare each other down kind of a thing. Um, but in other cultures, is not isn't that's not a part of what they do. Some some of some cultures find it very um, insulting to look someone in the eye, um, uh-huh. or you don't look at certain people in the eye. I mean, it has nothing to do with them lying. It's just a part of the, their culture. And so, so you guess you have to be mindful of that too. But but you can take that along with other tells, uh, body language and things like that. That can give you can give away that someone is lying. Okay, you made some good points there, and um, but I'll ask your opinion on when it comes to lying. I mean, how important is eye contact? Can a person look you in the eye and lie to you and you not know? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've seen that from recent history, so I mean, I know it can happen. Um. But I mean, there's other there's other subtle things that you, that you can pick up on, and, and there's patterns. Um, every and every person is different, but you re- really can figure out their patterns pretty easily and pretty quickly. So, you know, as long as you're paying attention, your head not in the clouds. I mean, it's pretty easy to it's pretty easy to spot once you know once you realize it. And really and truthfully, you know, to be honest with you, pay attention to some of the people in some of your close friends that you know got your best interest in heart at heart, you know, it's because some, sometimes other people can catch it a whole lot faster than you can. So it's always important to kind of listen to them too. I mean, I know you have, you know, you have to defend the people you're with and whatnot, but at the same time, pay attention because when other people see patterns that you may not be able to see, you need to be, you really need to be paying attention. Okay. Now me personally, I feel like the only way a person will reveal that they're lying through their eyes is if they feel guilty about what they did. Um, If it's someone that actually has remorse, I think you can see it in the eyes. If this person is not sorry for what what they did, man, they will look you in the eye with a cold stare and sit there and tell you, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Monica Lewinsky. They won't think anything of it. You know, (laughs) so I think guilt kind of plays a role in, in, in that. But, um, you know, they say one way to spot a liar is to pay attention uh, to the details that they're giving out because they may give out, you know, irrelevant details. And that's, Crystal, do you think that's what guys get caught up in? They give out so much details that they can't remember what they say and leave stuff out the next time they have to tell the story. Oh, yeah, that's that's something that's, uh, yeah, natural, one of the ways of telling a liar. Um which is why, you know, police often, interrogators often ask you the same question in different ways over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. Or they ask you something out of sequence. And um, so that will tell if you were lying because you don't remember this, because you only remember it in one way, the way you're speaking, you know. And mm-hmm. so 
if you take something out of context and then ask them about that particular thing, then they can't, you know, remember right away, you know, which sequence it's supposed to be in. And then you can catch them in it and say, wait a minute, I thought you said you didn't do that before you went there. So which was it? Which is, you know, that kind of thing. And then you can catch them that way if you were paying attention. Okay. So, Buck, when, when a, if a person is trying to lie, they need to just stick with the basics and keep it simple, right? Yeah, if that's something you're going to do, yeah. Stick with the basics. Keep it short. Okay. Just like the answer. All just right. like that. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do think that some people just get caught up just, you know, in all these details because they want to sound like they're not making it up. But the details just make it so much harder for you. Like, oh, yeah, babe, so after I left Roger's house, I stopped by Sonic. They had a sale on blizzards. I mean, not blizzards, uh, whatever they sell. The Sonic Blast, where you can get an Oreo Blast for two seventy nine, and it comes in a souvenir cup. And I wanted the souvenir cup. And, I mean, man, the next day she'll ask you, so what did you get at Sonic yesterday? You're like, Sonic, I ain't go to Sonic. <laughs> you know, find me before you realize it. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot you even went. So, right. uh, yeah, you can ask people questions the next day. Like Crystal said, you can ask them things out of sequence. You can ask them to tell their story backwards. I mean, if it really happened, then they shouldn't have any problems doing it. But uh, there are ways to catch a liar when they start giving you all kinds of miscellaneous information that's really irrelevant to the, to the story because they're basically just trying to distract you. But, uh, all right, I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in about 69 seconds. The novels of Crystal Hickerson, The Magician, the metaphysical action drama about the fight between good and evil which holds the fate of man in the balance. Street Corners, a tragic romantic crime saga of a man who has the hearts of two very different women in his hands. The choice he makes will hurt them both. Wanted, a ghostly story about a woman caught between the planes of life and death. It is left up to the reader to decide which reality was real. The Volunteer, the struggle of a man with his career and his life teetering on thin ice. Can love truly conquer all? And if you think this is the end for Crystal, you would be wrong. For as you listen to this, a new dynamic tale is on the way. Go to crystalhickerson.com to purchase all of her novels. Follow her on social media and listen to her on the radio at thecrystalshow.com. Enter the amazing world at crystalhickerson.com. All right. My thanks to crystalhickerson.com for being a sponsor of the Talk to Q radio show. Three four seven two zero two zero two one is the to join in to talk about how to spot a liar, you know, and just how to deal with them, things of that nature. So, but let me go back to you. Um, how do you handle a liar who gets defensive, tries to deflect the blame your way? I usually take myself out when I see that they're trying to do, you know, put it back on me. I just go ahead and just. I leave the situation because I know what's going on. Because you know you can't deflect something on me when you know you're the guilty party. So 
it's best for me to just, you know, just go ahead and do something else, start doing something, you know, doing something else and just let them be, you know, let them stay there in their own life because I just don't have time to waste. Time is one thing they don't make more of, so my time too valuable. You're going to sit there and lie to me about some bullshit. I'm just going to turn around and walk on out the door and just let you stand there in your own shit. Crystal, now this is something that men are notorious for doing. A man would get caught up in a lie, then he'll turn around and blame a woman for something, and before the, the end of the day, she's thinking she did something wrong. Some women fall for it. I mean, how do you handle someone who you catch them in the lie and they try to deflect the blame towards you some kind of way? You know, it was your fault, or if you wouldn't have done this, then blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, if you can, which is very hard sometimes to keep your emotions under control, but if you can, um, the best thing to do is to stop them right there, you know, is to say, you know what, we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about your situation. And then basically to end the conversation with, you know, how you feel. You know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you hurt me, you were wrong, and I'm not going to stand for this. And then, you know, just, you know, make your case point blank and then leave it. Because a lot of times, you know, when you do that, there's nothing more they can say because uh, the reason why they were trying to deflect you is because they knew they were wrong. Mm -hmm. And, um... They're trying to throw it back at you. So if you don't allow it and don't feed into the – because they want the emotional response from you because they're mm-hmm. going to take it into another level. So if you stay firm with what you're talking about and and leave it at that, then there's nothing really they can do. And that will be the end of it. So then they can Very. either apologize or just keep moving. Very good advice. Very good advice. Ladies, I hope you listen to that. And if you have to uh, rewind the podcast a little later, make sure you get all that jotted down if you have to. You have to keep the focus on the problem. I mean, how many times have we seen freaking crazy shows like Mari Povich or Jerry Springer or whatever back in the day where the guy gets caught cheating, he denies, 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 and when he finally decides that um, there's too much evidence against him, he looks at his woman, well, you always working. And when you come home from work, you're always tired, you know, and then the woman ends up feeling bad. Well, what am I supposed to do? i got to make money. You're not working. You're playing Xbox, blah, blah, blah. And she ends up feeling bad, thinking that she neglected her man and drove him to cheat. You cannot drive anyone to cheat. Now, don't get me wrong. You can do something that makes them check out of the relationship, you know, emotionally. But cheating is still a choice. So don't ever think that you drove someone to cheat, even if you decide to put your stuff on lock for three years. It's still up to that person to go out and try to sneak and creep and get some on the sly. So don't ever fall into that. Do exactly what Crystal said and keep the focus where it's supposed to be on the liar, on the liar. All right. Excellent answer, Crystal. So, Buck. How many chances do you give a liar in a relationship? And I know it probably varies depending, like, what stage of the relationship that you're in. But, you know, is it like you give them one chance, you give them two chances? Is it like a three strikes you're out? I mean, if you catch someone in a lie and they seem like, you know, they're going to repent, so to speak, I mean, how many opportunities does a person get? 
It depends on the relationship and how far you are in the relationship. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I think there's not an exact sign to it. I mean, really and truthfully, it should be one lie. You know, one, you know, maybe you could do the three-strike thing, maybe. Um, maybe, you know, depending on who you are, maybe just one time, and that's it, depending on, some, you know, what they're lying about. But, you know, really and truthfully, it depends on the severity and how much you care about that person. Um, you, you know, you can, sometimes you got to really kind of look at it from a, a, you know, you got to kind of look at it with some balance because you really don't know, you know, what the reasonings were for for the lie in the first place. Kind of get to the get the root of the, get to the root of the problem first, and then find out, and then that you know that would be your determining factor at that point. So, you know, it really depends on you know what the lie was about, why you know what they were lying about, whatnot, and then you, you mm-hmm. judge your decisions in that. I put I put you this way. I put this spin on it. You know, the older you get, the less the less likely you're gonna deal with a whole. You know, you're gonna deal with whatever it is. It could be big or it could be small. The, the older you get, the less likely you are because you know what you want in your life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so when you you look at it from that standpoint, you're just not gonna take the foolishness because time is of the essence. So if it's something, if it's over some, if it's something stupid, that's over some bullshit, man, you're gonna drop it like a hot potato. You know, and you ain't gonna waste your time. You know, but you know, you really, you know, you really care about the person or something like that. And you, you know, and you really digging the person or something like that. You'll give them multiple chances. But everybody's different. You know, it depends on your personality, what your makeup is. You know, that's really, really what it's gonna come down to. Okay, Crystal, what do you think when it comes to um, you know having someone who lies to you in a relationship? And maybe it depends on what stage of the relationship you're in, but do they get a second chance, do they get a third chance? How does that work with you? Well, you know, when you're in love, you do a lot of stupid shit. And you accept a bunch of bullshit from people. And I would say that you have to learn to love yourself and to know that you do not deserve to be lied to or to be treated with disrespect because that's really what lying is. You're disrespecting uh-huh. someone. I mean, some people say that, well, I'm I'm lying in order not to hurt you, but really you're lying to not hurt yourself, you know, to not cause harm to whatever you're trying to hold on to, you know, your cake uh-huh. and everything else. So you're not really caring about that other person. So it's up to you to decide, especially if you know darn well that they're lying to you. I mean, you've caught them in it. I mean, you know. I mean, um, you know, the obvious answer is why would you stay and allow someone to continue to treat you that way? But then again, the emotional side is like, well, I don't want to be alone. Or maybe if I give him another chance, you know, he will, you know, straighten up or he learned his lesson and blah, 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 and this is us lying to ourselves and trying to hold on to some fantasy that we've created in our head. And that fantasy can be very, very powerful. And, you know, I know that I have held on to relationships long, much, much longer than I should have, you know, simply because I was holding on to something that really wasn't real. And I knew it. I knew it wasn't real. I knew it was a whole lie. (laughs) <laughs> but I wanted this to be real so badly that I just allowed it to happen. So, 
Uh, and it's hard, though. I mean, we can say this is what you do, but it's uh, the hardest thing is to let go of something we really wanted so, you know, so badly. So that's a hard one. Really? I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. When when you're when you have this picture in your head of what you want things to be, it's very hard to shake that picture and get back to reality. It's easy to see with other people, but when you're in it yourself it's very difficult. But um yeah. I think when it comes to lying, if it's early in the relationship then yeah, it it may depend on what you're lying about. Um, I guess maybe there's some there's some ways you can tell a a good like. All right, let me ask you this, Crystal. If you're dating this guy and it's been like a month, so you're just really starting to kick it good with the dude, and his ex girlfriend sends him. Um, a nude photo or something on, you know, on his cell phone, unsolicited. He didn't ask for it or anything. She just sent it to him. And you you think you see it, but then he tells you it's nothing. He tries to play it off or whatever. I mean, is that something worth breaking up over, or is, do you think that's just him trying to avoid an unnecessary argument over something that he didn't initiate? Well, this is a rule that I know and I, uh-huh. uh, is that when you meet someone the first few months of that so-called relationship, he is letting go of other relationships. When you right. meet him a relationship, and it may not be a you know a serious relationship, but he's in a relationship with somebody, fucking somebody. Uh-huh. So at the, by the time he decides that you are going to be the one, quote-unquote, for now, um then he just has to let go of these people. And he's, and he's most people, men especially, but I think most people, period, don't like confrontation. So they kind of like just eventually, they hope that a person will just go away if they don't talk to him, they don't call him, they don't do. Uh-huh. So this woman, uh, these women, these exes, quote unquote, are um, are in the throes of this person not calling, letting them go. So they're like, what's going on? Why hasn't he called me? Why isn't he going? Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to do that. Maybe I need to step up my game. So this is what's going on in their mind because they actually think they still have some sort of relationship with this person. Um, so this is why they do that, okay? They, they You know, they get these little phones. And he's trying to forget it, and he's trying to just uh-huh. dismiss it so therefore they'll go away. So you may see something, and it very well may be nothing. Like, she may not be anything to him. <laughs> but um, so in the beginning of a relationship, I would say don't worry about that too much, you know, because that's just the way it is. I mean, I don't know why people actually think that this person was on an island until you showed up. Because <laughs> that's illogical, but most people do actually feel that way. It's 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 weird. It's crazy. Right. So, I wouldn't worry All about right. that. Another excellent answer by Crystal Hickerson. Check you out. You're on fire. I mean, I agree with that 100% because, um, like, I think from a guy's perspective when it comes to women, um, even when a woman breaks up with certain dudes, he's still her dude until he decides to go away because I always say that women always have a guy in their life who thinks that he's their boyfriend. And uh, so – 
I don't think that a person should react to anything, like Crystal said, within the first month or so of the relationship because people are still trying to reach out to them because it's not like it's been announced that, hey, I'm no longer single, I'm with someone. I mean, even if you put it on Facebook, no one cares. Um, so it's like people have to get the hint sometimes that you've moved on. And if you don't just come out and tell them, just like she alluded to earlier, then they kind of just have to find out on their own. So they may try to test the waters to see where you are, and that's when you have to respond and say, hey, I'm seeing someone, don't send any more naked photos to my phone um, unless she's asleep. So I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay. uh, kind of. But, um, yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I think, but when it's in a part of the relationship to where, like, you're engaged to be married, and some woman sends a naked picture to your phone, then that's a totally different discussion, right? But, I mean, it's a lot different than being at the beginning of a relationship. Now you're engaged to be married after how long, you know, you've been dating, and someone sends a naked photo to your phone, you got problems. Yeah, you got that right. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's a whole, whole different scenario there. You know, it's bounce time now, you know, if you do something like that. So, um you know, there ain't gonna be no, you ain't gonna be no excuse for no stuff like that. So, you know, that's just not something I would. It's definitely something I wouldn't deal with. Okay. And so, Crystal, you you mentioned something earlier about manipulation, and we all we all have different ways of of wording things, um, different terminology when it comes to words, but. Is there a difference between lying and withholding the truth? Well, <laughs> it's all, like I said, it's all part of the same family, okay? Um, withholding the truth is, you know, it's, to me, well, okay, the most obvious one is one that I think a lot of people do, especially you guys, um, is when you don't, ask certain questions uh-huh. um, in the beginning of a relationship or whatever, and then, you know, you're in this quote-unquote relationship for three months, and then you find out that the guy's married. And then he says, <laughs> well, you never asked me if I was married. Right. <laughs> you never asked me if I had any kids. And exactly. so, which is, why, which is why I tell all women, always ask those questions, no matter how random it may seem. And it sounds you know. silly, but you're exactly right. Yeah. I love catching men in lies. It's a beautiful thing. But, um, you, you know, yeah, so you do have to, you know, explore and um, be very specific, you know. It's almost like, you know, the three wishes, you know, with a genie. You have to be very specific about, you know, what you ask for, you know, because, you know, he's like, well, are you with anybody? Uh, no, not currently. <laughs> oh, no, mm-hmm. of course not. You're with me right now, but you're not with right, me right now. Right, right. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, but those kinds of things. Yeah, it, it is a way of lying. Yeah, it is a type of lying. But a lot of people don't believe it's actually lying because I didn't actually say it, and you didn't ask me, so therefore I didn't tell you. So yeah, it's just a little bit of BS, but you know, technicalities, you know, crap. Okay, all right. And um, I'm going to have to, like, set out a collection plate right now because 
you know, Crystal's giving out the game, and the game's to be sold and not told. So <laughs> I'm about to put out a collection plate. Let me go to another caller calling from the 4-3 up in Quebec, Canada. I'm guessing this might be my man Stanley. I ain't heard from him in a while. Stanley, is this you? Yes, Stanley. How are you guys? Doing well, man. How's it going? It's doing well, it's doing well. Great show. Uh, <laughs> lying, oh my God. I think that is the biggest problem that we have in relationship to the There would be a lot less games. I hate with every passion. Uh, I have difficulty dating women because I find women's lying so much. Even when you tell them, please tell me the truth. Please don't waste my time. Especially when it comes to numbers. You tell them, tell them. I had fun with you. We had fun together. I want to take your number, but let me tell you before I take it. Is it a type of number I can't even read? Like you're more, the president of the United States would be, or any president would be, I'll have more easier time to reach you than you. Is that the case? I don't want to get your number. And it, I don't want to do a collection of numbers. Oh, no, no, I'm not that type of woman. No, no. And Stanley, I'm getting I'm getting some feedback on your phone. I can barely understand you right now. Hear me better? Lots better. Okay. No, but but I can't stand that. I I, I don't understand. Well, even when you're telling them to be honest, to be honest with you, they can't even do that, women. They can, and they waste time, and you get frustrated. And they're the same women who will come back in the street and everything and act like you're their best friend when they know what they did. Oh, I gave this guy this number. I didn't want to really give this number, so I don't want to be honest. I don't understand why men don't want me taking it seriously, because you're not honest with yourself. <laughs> Period. <laughs> God, it's so complicated. It's like... Women are they, they, women are saying to us as men, we want to be honest with you, but we're like saying, if you want us to be honest with you, encourage it when a man is honest. Some men, if you want honesty, girls, women, there are some men who just want to sleep with you. They don't want a relationship with you. Don't start having a fuss and having an attitude when a man is being honest with you about that. Because you know what happened? If you do have that attitude, that guy's going to say, I'm not going to do it again. It's the point, Stanley. I ain't gonna be stupid, and that's when the game starts with the guys. They say, "Fine, I'll pretend that I want a relationship. I'll pretend you're my number one. I'll pretend I'm monogam- monogamy. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> a lot of guys do that. I blame it on you, women. You don't want honesty. I, too many women saying they want honesty. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I'm appreciate sorry. that. No, no, no. Uh, I get that. 100%. Come on, man. It's, it's like the cheating. It's frustrating. The cheating and everything. You, you could have a girl as a friend, and you told her the guy's a cheater. No, 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 no. Okay. I don't understand. Dully cheated for the fifth time. Told you. <laughs> told you. <laughs> told you. How many times do you need? Six? Seven? <laughs> Told you. But no, I, I, no. I must not want your happiness. No. I must not see the guy what he's really for. No. 
I don't understand. The guy doesn't want to have a relationship. Told you that. They just wanted to sleep with you. Told you. Hey, some people have to learn things the hard way, unfortunately. Um, that's just how it goes. No matter what type of advice you give them, um, they just think that you don't understand because you're not going through it. But uh, sometimes but, we but the date. But the dating, the dating relationship, the dating is not fun anymore. When you can't have the basic of being honest, you can get a number and everything. You're not even happy about it. You're like, eh, what am I going to get? I'll get a drama again. Eh, you're not even excited about it. You're like, eh, whatever. I agree with you, Stanley, because it's like I, I will – I don't give people the benefit of the doubt I used to give them. I mean, every now and then I feel comfortable with someone, but for the most part – I just get so skeptical because it's like people just want to have leverage in relationships now, and they're willing to yeah. do what it takes to get that leverage, even if it includes lying. So, I mean, it does yeah. take the fun out of, out of dating like it used to. I agree yeah, it 100% takes the fun. on that. It takes the fun of both gender having fun. and We used to both gender look bad when the guy was being lying to a woman, and a woman was lying to a man. Now we're both looking at each other like, oh, it's normal. It's okay. Right. We're I don't see no sisterhood, no friend say to their girlfriend, you like this guy. Oh, you'll never hear a sister say that. Ever. Even though she knows it. <laughs> well, let me, go, let me go to Buck. Buck, let me ask you, um, to you, is there a difference between lying and withholding the truth, Buck? Uh, to me, it's one and the same. I mean, I, I, everybody has their own, you know, that's an, that's again, again, you know, individual, individual person. Because some people say that they're, you know, doing it to protect you. Some say, you know, they give different reasons. But I think it's kind of one and the same. It just depends on what, you know, goes back to, you know, what they what they're lying for in the first place. So you got to kind of look at that, that, analyze that, and then you know make the best determination from there. Okay, and I mean. I agree that you have to ask really specific questions these days. Like Crystal said earlier, um, there was a young lady that I used to work with back in the day, and I always thought she was nice, thought she was cool, and she reached out to me via Facebook, and we exchanged numbers and chatted for a little bit. And um, come to find out that not only did she have a man, you know, after like three weeks of chatting, she was living with him. And the only reason I found out, because a dude called me at like 3 in the morning and woke me up asked, trying to figure out who I was. And so, I mean, but I never asked her, are you living with a dude? Because you don't think you should have to ask someone that question, but people will withhold information um, as they see fit, you know, which her excuse was, well, I planned on leaving him. I didn't think it wasn't necessary to tell you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look, when she, someone's she, waking me up she, out of my she, sleep, it's necessary. She she wanted you to be her gay friend, to her be her platonic friend, to be the attention person, to be, oh, I got this guy. I got attention from him. My boyfriend's not giving me enough attention, so I'll get this guy. I guess so. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I, had to, I had to get her to stop calling me. I ain't for that foolishness. But, all right, so, Crystal, um, last question, Crystal. Once a liar, always a liar. Hello, I'm sorry. Once a liar, always a liar. Um, I think um, there's a certain pattern. Um, 
for people there you know the term of course is uh, pathological liars and people who who lie not really because they have to but because it's a habit and it's um it's a part of their psyche uh, they don't know how not to lie so they they just do it you know um so there are people like that but I think most people, I believe, are situational liars. You know, they lie because of the particular situation that they're in and uh-huh. um, or to get out of it or whatever. But um, I think, and I think also that most people do feel some sort of remorse for lying, even though they may not show it to that person. Um, they feel bad about, the, you know, what they had to do in order to get out of that situation or to, you know, continue or whatever they do. But, um, you know, I think that... If, so eventually people do stop because, you know, if I've had plenty of, of situations where, you know, you know, you'll find a person and go, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I have to tell you the truth because, you know, or it may even happen like after the fact, you know, after a relationship is over and you come back together for whatever reason to talk or you see, you know, and you just have one of those conclusionary conversations if you're lucky to have that kind of a thing closure uh-huh. uh where you know people just say they admit you know you say well you know you know tell me the truth you know you were sleeping around at, at that time you weren't just over your friend's house or whatever and they go yeah yeah that's that was what was going on you know and so you know sometimes if you are i mean i wish more people were able to have those kinds of conversations with their exes um you know, to really close that chapter and to move on. But a lot of times we don't get to have those kinds of conversations um, for whatever reason. And so you just, and a lot of times it just festers within you and then it carries on into your next relationship, uh, waiting for the next person to lie. You're just, just waiting. (laughs) Uh It's not like you don't believe everything that's coming out of their mouth. You're just waiting for the lie to reveal itself, you know. Right. Stanley, what do you think, man? Once a liar, always a liar? Uh, I think once a liar, a lot of people realize, hey, with lying, I got a better choice, a better perspective than being honest. You're basically, uh, basically, you're you're digging your hole. (laughs) The more you lie, the more you're digging your hole. And the more you must have a tape recorder, say, okay, Tuesday I told her this, Wednesday I told her this, Saturday I told her this, then I got to call my best friend, then I do this, then I got to plan. Then, because women are very intuitive. They they know the question they could ask you to trick you. And if you don't have, and they have great memory, they'll know. Yeah. You were where? Oh, I was with my best friend. What time? And they'll, they'll be like, okay. Two weeks, three weeks. They'll go to your best friend. And say, oh, it was cool. And they're watching the game of blah, blah, blah. With my boyfriend coming over, and then if you didn't prepare your best friend for the answer that she precise, like the guy feels like well, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you're done. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> a bad spot to put your friend in sometimes. That's a bad spot when your friend looks at you and has what that that look of, dude, help me help you. <laughs> and they don't know what lie to tell, man. You've got to prep your friends if you're gonna make your lie. Oh, of course, you gotta ball. prep the whole. You gotta prep the whole thing. If she asked you this, this is the time I came. If she did right. that, this is because they don't know. They're very intuitive. Men were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, we need face value. Women, it's your great memory that helps you sometimes. A lot yeah. of times it helps you. 
agree. But uh, the, the, the question I would ask, since so much money is happening, why is honesty not based on relationship? Why are we so much scared of being saying, let's be totally honest from the start? Why are some people so hard to say, let's base our relationship on this? You don't like my clothes? Tell me. You don't, you think I gain weight? Tell me. I'm not attracted to you as much as before. Tell me. Why are we not folk, Why are we not encouraging that? Why are we not encouraging? I haven't a clue. I just think because, um, and, and the intelligence can chime in, I think because honesty takes away your leverage sometimes. When someone, when you have to reveal something that puts you in a weaker position, I don't think people want to go through that or, or endure that, you know. So they want to try to stay in control of the situation or in control of the relationship or have some type of standing in a relationship to where they don't feel like they've been knocked down a peg and now they somehow have to cater to you in return. So I think some people feel like it's easier to lie and look a certain way or maintain a certain image than to tell the truth or want to know the truth, um, you know, in order to help the relationship out. I mean, ultimately, the truth is going to help the relationship, even if it's something that you may not want to hear at the time, you can grow from it. But, um, you know, we have no interest in that as people these days. We just want what we want and want to look a certain way. And uh, uh, are people are, are people maybe scared of losing what they have because they're scared that if they do become honest, suddenly that partner that saw them that way would be like, I didn't think you were that way, and I don't want to be with that guy or that woman that's that way. Or, or is it the sense that if I do tell her the truth, maybe I lost, maybe I lose her? I mean, I that too, to be this. But we kind of we kind of re- revert back to childhood. It's almost like that kid that you know when the, when his mom asked him. Did you get some of the chocolate cake on the cabinet? And he's standing there with chocolate icing on his hand, and he says no. You know, even though he knows he did, he can't bring himself to admit to it because, yeah, he feels like there are going to be consequences to the actions. Even though the consequences are going to be twice as bad because you lied about it, but uh, we just kind of revert back to childhood to where it's like, no, I didn't do it, and we have icing all over our fingers. Wow. So... Yeah, it's sad. But, it's Buck, sad, I'll let you close it out, um, Buck. Once a liar, always a liar in your opinion, or can a liar be uh, delivered? <laughs> Quote, unquote. Buck, are you there? Biggity, biggity, Buck. My mute Buck was stuck. Sorry All right. No problem. Go ahead. Once a liar, always a liar. Or can you be, um, can you be um, a born again truth teller? I don't think. I don't think once a liar, always a liar. I think it just depends on. I think it really depends on the situation that that person's in at that time for the lot. You know, for that to take place. But I mean, there are some that you run across that that's all they do, and that's just who they are. But it just depends. I mean, it's it's individual. You know, it's the individual. Okay. Um, I don't think it's once a liar, always a liar. I think that you can overcome that. It just takes a little. Um, you got it. takes a little effort, and you have to develop a track record of being honest to get your reputation um, to change from being a liar to being someone who's a stand-up person. But for the most part, um, 
I don't know. I think everyone can stop lying. But as far as realistically, I think you always have to kind of keep your eye on a liar. And there are many different times of, times of, of liars, people. I mean, you have the one who will cheat on you and lie. You have the one who will lie about, you know, she might lie about what she paid for a purse because she wants to look like she's, she's balling out of control when she knows she got this knockoff at the swap meet, you know. You're going to have people who lie at work to try to look like that they're doing more than what they are. You're going to have that uncle at the family reunion who lies about basically everything he's ever done in his life, knowing that um, he's not done anything, you know, worth worthwhile. So you have different types of, kinds of liars. Some of them are harmless, and then some of them can be, you know, very hurtful to where it cuts you right to your very soul. And I think ultimately what you have to do is, one, you definitely want to pay attention uh, to actions more than anything. Because a liar can woo you with words, but a lot of times they still move as a liar. You have to just kind of pay attention and watch what they do. Um, then you have to keep up with the stories they tell you. I mean, I know it sounds stupid and a waste of time, but that's the only way you're going to know because... A lot of liars can't repeat their story without leaving out or changing a detail. So you have to pay attention and ask questions and take mental notes um, because at some point, if they're lying, then something is going to change. Um, you can pay attention to certain tales like a right-handed person, when they lie, most of the time they're going to look up and to the left because that's the cognitive side of the brain where you create so if someone's looking up to the left and they're right-handed, then they're probably making up a story, and it's the opposite if they're left-handed. Um, if they're looking up to the right, then they're trying to recall something. That's the recall side of the brain. So um, there are certain things, and I used to watch this show. Did any of you ever see this show on Fox about five years ago? It was called Lot of Me. Either of you? Crystal Buck. Yeah. Uh, you said yes, Chris. Yeah, I watched the first uh, season. That was an awesome show. And a lot of the things they talked about on that show was, I mean, biological. It was real. Um, you have to just be the type of person who has the natural ability to notice. But a lot of times people will make a facial, a facial expression for a split second before they respond or react to something that you said. And a lot of times that facial expression will tell the truth, you know, as far as, you know, if you ask them something that makes them angry, then you'll see a slight scowl before they mask that that real emotion with whatever fake emotion they're going to give you and fake answer they're going to give you. And if you ever get a chance to watch the show, a lot of me, I think it was only on for two seasons before Fox canceled it and, um, I started sending them nasty emails because I thought it was a great show. Um, go on Netflix and watch it. It is very good, and you can learn a lot. And what's great about the show is that the show, you know, is completely fictional. It's a drama or whatever, but they always relate it to real-life situations. So they'll show someone lying about something on the show, and then they'll compare it to pictures of actual events like, you know, something Bill Clinton lied about or, or something that George Bush lied about. I mean, it's great. It's a very interesting show. It's called Lie to Me. So go ahead and take a look for that if you get the opportunity. 
All right. So um, before I get the final thoughts on tomorrow, I have a podcast. Um, what's the name of my podcast, Crystal? Uh, yeah, five yeah. things. <laughs> five things that make a relationship work. It is the first of many to come, a T2 quickie, uh, just me talking about some tips on building a healthy relationship, um, something that I pulled from the the archives of the thankq.me blog site and just wanted to share it with everyone since I've had someone tell me that I don't give my opinion enough. So I said, you know what, I'll just do a podcast, it's just me, probably about like seven minutes long, and I'll give five things that make a relationship work. That's tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern. And the next live show will be on Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, our normal time. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be controversial. It's called What Makes You Feminine and Masculine. It takes a look at how gender roles are blending each year. Um, it's like every time the calendar turns, men are wearing dresses and women are wearing combat boots. I mean, it's something changing all the time. Um, the men wearing dresses really threw me for a loop this year, though, y'all. I, I didn't see that one coming. So, McKay, well, McKay Pfeiffer and R. Kelly and Omar Epps and uh, Will Smith's son, Jaden Smith, whatever his name is, I just didn't see people, want men wearing dresses, just being in in style. But uh, we might see more of that come next year, so you never know. But we'll discuss what makes you feminine, what makes you masculine. Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, on the Talk to Q Radio Show. No experts, just opinions. So let's get the, well, before we get the final thoughts, um, I wanted to ask, was there anything that you all want to bring to the table really quick? Um I know the biggest headline I've seen in pop culture has been the um, situation with Lamar Odom, um, the former NBA player that was found unconscious in Las Vegas. Um, and I think he's in a hospital, and I, I don't know exactly his condition. Crystal, I know you blogged on it on your um, on your site. Do you know of his condition or any updates? The only update that I have is that he's, still unconscious and um he's just being kept alive um by machine so he's pretty much uh, brain dead at this point um and well we'll see if you know he's able to come out of it they say he's in a coma but that sounds pretty much like brain dead um but yeah and it's a very unfortunate very sad situation and uh, you know, it had to do with drugs and stuff like that, but um, they yeah. also are saying that maybe he went off or it was tipped because of this of a, a most recent um, show that was on Kardashians, one of the uh-huh. episodes. But I don't know if you know. It, actually, if you, if if anyone's ever you know, and the people who watched the show um, have watched Lamar go down. Tremendously, especially after his brother died, and so um, when that occurred, he kind of spiraled downward from there, mm-hmm. and you could see it progressively actually on the show. But and then afterwards, when he wasn't on the show anymore, so yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Well, I um I remember when he first got into the league and he was playing with the Los Angeles Clippers, and he was into drugs then, early in his career, to the point that the mm-hmm. Clippers didn't want to deal with him anymore, and that's how he ended up getting which is not any better, I guess, when you think about a party town. But um, he ended up going to Miami. But from what I understand and from what you heard from just rumblings in the league, he was doing fine. He was doing a little better out there. Then he got shipped back to the West Coast, and everyone, when I say everyone, I mean the talking heads on TV said that Lamar Odom does not need to go back to where he's comfortable. He's going to fall back into the same lifestyle. And I'd be doggone mm-hmm. if, if he didn't, you know. I mean, so this is something that has been, I guess, public record since the beginning of his career. And it's sad. And we talked about it last night um, in zone coverage, saying that someone needs to, like, you know, seriously have some type of intervention with this dude before he kills himself. Because, I, I mean, at what point, whatever's bothering him, he's crying out, I guess, in, every way he can by doing this to himself. And I think someone, I don't know anything about his immediate family um, or anything, Um, his mom or dad, if they're still around, or if he has any more siblings or or, or whatever the situation is. I don't know if he has kids or not. I don't think he does. But um, Mm -hmm. someone needs to do something. I mean, I'm hoping that it's not too late. Uh, I'm hoping that it's not too late because it would be a shame. But this guy's life has just been a train wreck for so long, and I don't think the reality show necessarily helped. Um, but all you can do at this point is just pray that he can recover and get another chance and someone can step in and really, someone who really cares about him and really help him get on the straight and narrow. Because you don't want to see anyone go out like this. What, dude's, what, 35 years old? You don't want to see anyone mm-hmm. go out like yeah. that. And a lot of folks, you know, maybe on the pop culture side may not know, um, as far as his basketball career, Lamar Odom was a doggone good basketball player. Lamar Odom was a very good basketball player. He was like, you know, Scottie Pippen 2.0. And uh, he had some game. He's a champion. You know, he won a ring. Um, or did he win two? He might have won two. I don't recall. And um, Yeah. So this is a guy who didn't just hang out in the NBA. He made a difference. So mm-hmm. it would be a shame. I'm glad to see his teammates rallying around him, supporting him, defending him on Twitter. Um, I know Matt Barnes said some things, but he's been in the news for other things himself. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think it's cool to see them rally around him. But by the same token, you all need to continue to rally around him if he comes out of this and try to get dude, you know, well. So, all right. And uh, what's, your, what's your blog again, Crystal, for those who want to go and read it? Getcrystallized.net. Getcrystallized.net. All right. Thank you for that. And uh, my man Bubba from the Backwoods Show chimed in on the um, honesty thing have an honest man, ladies. <laughs> I guess he won't have a reason to lie at that point if he doesn't have one. So, <laughs> all right. And let's see, Buck, did you want to talk a little sports, man? 
Yeah, as far as eat the mall. Well, I don't, I don't mean right now. I don't, I don't mean like. Um, oh, what you talking about? I'm talking about Lamar Odom. Yeah, I was gonna talk about Lamar Odom. Uh, he does okay, have two kids. Yeah, he's got Lamar, Lamar Junior. and a daughter. So I can't remember oh, what the man, daughter's so name bad. is, but he does, he does yeah, have two yeah. kids uh, from a previous relationship. Okay. Okay, you got to feel bad for them. I just just pray that the guy can, you know, somehow come through this, you know, and come out on the other side of it. I mean, uh, his ex-wife has been at the hospital ever since he's been admitted, so uh, one of the Kardashians, whichever one it was. Chloe. Chloe, so, I mean, there's just, you know, know, it's just uh, a sad situation to see somebody go down like this, but at the same time, I mean, sometimes, you, you know, when you see situations like this and people crying out for help, they don't. Some people cry out in other ways. Um, they don't just come out and say, "I need help." They say help in other in facets. Um, I'm actually mm-hmm. dealing with a situation like that right now with my niece. So, um, and, you know, sometimes you know you have to reach out and you know when you, you reach out and help these people before it's too late. Because if you wait till it's too late, then you know you don't want to be sitting up there looking at them and down. Laying down in the casket, so right. do it while they're alive, and that way you can you can you can help them and you save a life. And then you know you're not looking for accolades or newspaper articles saying you know saying how good you are. You're doing something because that's actually what you're supposed to do in the first place. It don't matter who it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And another thing I want to throw in: I'm I'm the biggest Kardashian critic, but by the same token, I think it's unfair for the people who have been coming down on Chloe saying that she's only going to the hospital because of how it makes her look and everything, that she really doesn't care. She just wants to look good for PR purposes and all that stuff. I mean, just because someone is your ex doesn't mean you want to see them die, okay? All right, for all you idiots out there who are criticizing her, I mean, just because you can't live with someone doesn't mean that you hate them, okay? It just means that you all can't coexist but you still want them to have a happy life, and they still want you to have a happy life. So I think people need to back off of her uh, on this. I mean, we don't know her motive, and it shouldn't even be important. I mean, what's important is that someone is there, you know, with him during this time. So just want to throw that out from the biggest Kardashian critic. (laughs) All right, uh, final thoughts on the show on Liars, Um, Crystal? Uh, well, uh, good show and um, uh, very interesting, you know, take on a subject. I mean, um, this is a subject that we all do from time to time, male or female, and you know, and I think it has to do with our experiences, depending on which you know side of the scale we tend to fall on, but. You know, I think that in life it's it's hard to be honest. Uh, I think, you, you know, you were talking about the fact of uh, appearing weak, and, and that's really what it is, is we don't like to appear weak or to feel like we're losing somehow. And uh, most of the lies that are told are usually told to ourselves, you know, alone, you know, looking in the mirror or just, trying to get through the the day or the night, you know. So you, you tell yourself whatever you have to tell yourself in order to go to sleep and wake up in the morning, you know. But, um, you know, it, it is hard 
to be a true and honest person. And sometimes people don't allow you to, to be honest, as, as I, I believe uh, Stanley was saying. You know, people don't allow you to um, to tell the truth because they don't believe it when you say it. <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting sometimes how that happens. It's like we want the lie. We want it so badly that we don't even believe the truth when we hear it. So, um, and, you know, so it can be a vicious cycle. But but you're right. If you, the way to um, to become, I guess, truthful and honest for anyone is is to stand by what you say and you know show it within your speech and in your actions. And then you know you become a person that people will know. No, he he was going. To, he's going to tell you straight. You know, if he said it, he meant it, or you know that kind of a thing. But that comes from time of people seeing that, you know, you're that type of person. So, um, but in the long run, you know, it it is, of course, better to tell the truth because that way you don't have to have a good memory. You can, because it it is always the same, no matter who tells it or how you tell it or who who asked or how, it's always the same answer. You can't trip me up because it was the truth then and it's the truth now. So, um, but anyway, good show. I look forward to your next show coming up podcast and your live show next week on Tuesday. Thank you very much, ma'am. I appreciate it. And all of your wonderful insight tonight. I got to give you a round of applause. Tell you, I'm going to start calling you professor up in here. (laughs) All right, Buck, what you got, man? Hey, great show. I mean, this is an interesting topic and, you know, this is something that, like Crystal said, you know, there's something that we deal with on a day-to-day basis depending on who you, you know, who you're with and whatnot or who you're not with. Um, it just, you know, very interesting insight, you know, very, you know, similar views. I mean, it's, a, um, you know, it's really, you know, tough to deal with from, you know, especially when you you, uh, you put a lot of effort into a relationship and, you know, you have somebody uh, lie to you. It's 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 pretty heartbreaking. Um but at the same time, it makes you grow, and you know you have to grow, and you have to, you know, be honest, you know, especially when you're giving, you know, giving that person, you know, a part of you, you know, you want them to be honest to you, just like you should be honest to them. So, um, but hopefully, you know, we can we shed enough insight on it to where we can, you know, recognize the warning sign, so that way it doesn't happen to anybody else. Um, so. You can recognize patterns and things of that nature and listen, you know, be attentive. And, you know, as long as you do those things, everything should come out all right and you don't get yourself hurt. But anyway, great topic, you know, great show, and uh, everybody have a good night. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And, um... I appreciate everyone who listened to tonight's show, those that participated on Facebook. Thank you very much. Um, The Talk to Q Radio Show airs every Tuesday and Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Every now and then I have a podcast um, that drops on a Sunday or a Thursday. In order to find out when that happens, you can um, go to talktoq.com and go to the calendar page. And you'll see all upcoming events. You can also subscribe to my newsletter while you're there. I have an email newsletter that comes out on the day of every show and gives you information. It also gives you um, 
the gateway to blog posts and other things of my of interest. Sponsor links as well. So go to talktoq.com, click on the calendar page, and check out the calendar and sign up for the newsletter while you're there. If you missed the live airing of the show, then you can catch me on the Good Radio Network on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Subscribe at one of those places and never miss a show. And uh, for those of you who are into sports, hang on and we'll talk a little sports. For everyone else, peace out. And I'm going to play, um, again, a song by Sarantos Maloja called You Just Don't Have It. This is a song he did for charity. Uh, The charity is called Girl Effect. And Girl Effect works to break the cycle of intergenerational poverty. And they do this by connecting girls to each other, um, to the critical assets that they need. They work to create lasting perception change by harnessing media, you know, in innovative ways and building social networks to develop girls' positive perceptions of themselves and shift how others see and value them. So he's doing this for Girl Effect. The song is You Just Don't Have It by Sarantos Maloja. You can go to his website, maloja.com, M-E-L-O-G-I-A. Take a listen, and when we come back on the other side, we will talk a little sports, a little zone coverage. All right. Crazy is you being a humble human. Paper. 
about a million bucks. If there's gonna be any chance for you, you gotta care about some other people too. About some other people too. All right. My thanks to Sorantos Malosia from Malosia.com, M E L O G I A for being a sponsor of the show and sharing the song with us. You just don't have it. Go to YouTube and check out the video. The video is pretty cool. Um, it basically just, you know, talks about women who think they got it going on, but they really just don't have it. All right. There'll be more music coming to you over the next few weeks, so stay tuned for that. Let's get into some zone coverage. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs> Yeah. 
But um, then well, Carolina's also on the outside looking in. Carolina's yet to lose at 4-0. But that's who I go with. But all right, so let's look at these games, man. Starting tomorrow night, the aforementioned 5-0 Falcons travel to New Orleans to play the 1-4 Saints. Um, this is a, a division game, so you expect <clears throat> crazy things to happen. But Atlanta should be able to make an easy win out of this, should because the Saints look like they're a pretty bad team. Saints are pretty bad, and the, and the Saints are a product of um, of their owner. Um, you ship off all your stars to other teams. This is what you end up with. Um, plus, I don't think Sean Payton is. You know, he's never gotten over the the, the you know the uh, bounty gate thing. So I just think that and now the rumors are shipping him to Miami. So they're just uh, there's a lot of different you know variables as far as the uh, Saints concerned. I mean, they do have a decent running game, but they don't have an offensive line, and they damn sure don't have anybody, you know, at you know receivers that we know um, that can make plays. Uh, defense seems pretty decent, but you know, if Saints get behind early, I mean, Drew Brees still Drew Brees, but he can't. You know, they're not built to come back. So if Atlanta jumps out to an early lead and you know start playing real well with you know as far as their defense and things of that nature. Man, this is going to be a, you know, this may be our first laugher of the season of a Thursday night football game. So, it, you would hope the Saints can, you know, hang in there and do a little bit better. But I just don't see that happening tomorrow night. I think Atlanta's going to smoke in their yeah. state. Atlanta is a um, minus three-point favorite. Uh, beat them 30-14 to 14 the last time they played. They did split last year. But, um We'll see what happens going forward. I think Atlanta should win this game pretty easily. All right, Chicago two and three goes to the zero and five Detroit Lions. The Lions are actually actually two and a half favorites, and I think if the Lions are going to win, this is the game they have to win. Um, the, even though the Bears are on a two game winning streak, I think the Lions are capable of beating the Bears, given how schizophrenic the Bears can be at times. So that's another division game for Sunday afternoon. Uh, the Redskins two and three travel to the Jets three and one. The Jets are minus five and a half favorite, but the Redskins have been playing pretty tough as of late. Um, do you think they can go into the Meadowlands and beat the Jets or MetLife Stadium and beat the Jets? This is a game that could go either way. Um, Jets do have a good solid defense, and they've been you know they've been doing pretty good with Fitzpatrick, you know, at the helm. Uh, running game solid, defense solid, but. Redskins like they ain't the same old Redskins. I mean, you know, we we still trying to figure these you know figure these, this team out. Um, they seem to be rallying around Kirk Cousins uh, from an offensive standpoint. You know, and you know they they believe in them. They're protecting. They're protecting them uh, better than they did RG three. So um, defense is coming up big. Uh, even though they got a lot of injuries in the secondary, um, mm-hmm. still they're playing solid. Um, so. You know, just gotta be careful with this one. This is gonna be a. This is probably gonna be a, one of the most more exciting games of the week weekend. There, I really think that this is gonna be one of those games that may go in, even go into overtime. Um, it, it's, it's gonna have that look to it. It's gonna be a wild and crazy game. So it's definitely one you want to maybe at least set your you know set your DVR for because it may be something you know you may you may have another team. This is a game you probably would want to see afterwards. Yeah. And um, I mean, the, the Jets are, are first in points allowed on on defense. 
They're second in passing yards um, per game, only allowing 185 passing yards. And they're second in takeaways with plus six. So all of those, you know, you think would spell doom for the Redskins since they seem to fall into that trap. But we'll see what happens. Should be an interesting game, Buck. I, I agree with you. But the 4-1 and one Cardinals travel to Pittsburgh to play the 3-2 and two Steelers. I don't see a line on this one, but um, this should be an interesting game. A lot of people, well, if you ask Madden, Madden had this, Madden 16 had this as a Super Bowl preview. Madden 16 has the Steelers beating the Cardinals in the Super Bowl, uh, which I thought was interesting, Super Bowl 50. But um, how do you see this game for the Steelers? Well, I mean, man, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough game for us. I mean, because we don't know, you know, how much, uh, you know, hopefully Vic can be able to. That, what I saw on Monday night, it's a short week. You know, they gotta just kind of they gotta kind of open up that playbook a little bit. They gotta have to play around what Michael Vick does best, which is running out of the pocket, you know, bootlegging things of that nature, maybe starting in the shotgun. Um, those are the type of things going to help Mike Vick, you know, learn the offense and give him a chance to read some of the defenses that are coming at him. Um, protection's got to be solid up front. Cody Wallace kind of let some slip this past week like he did um, in weeks, you know, previous. So hopefully, you know, he can, you know, line up and stop these guys that's coming across from him. We, you know, it's going to be a formidable game for us because, you know, they got a nice front, front seven, so – you know, they run a 3-4. You know, Lamar Woodley going to want to try to clown, you know, since he's down there in Arizona now, you know, and coming back to Pittsburgh. So, you know, the thing is, you know, it's going to be a tough game. I'm really thinking Arizona's going to come out on top on this one. I mean, I'd like to see the Steelers can come out on top. But the only way we're going to come out on top, as long as the defense continues to play silent and as long as they, you know, kind of cut the, cut the strings off of uh, Michael Vick and let him, you know, roll out of the pocket. And uh, if we can get if we can get the ball down the field and and do something other than run the football, I don't want us to look like a pee wee football team out there. We need to throw the football. Brian's been activated, so he can stretch the field. That'll open up the uh, other side for Antonio Brown, so he'll get some catches. So we can do those. You know, get the ball down the field and do those things. We have we'll have a pretty decent chance in you know beating these guys. But if not, then Arizona's gonna come out on top. Okay. Yeah, Antonio Brown spoke out saying that Vic needs to trust him more and throwing the ball his way. Let me go to the A65 area code, the Volunteer State of Tennessee, and welcome on Daddy Rich. What's happening, man? What's up? Not Good much, evening. man. Glad to have you on. And man, the four and one four and one Cardinals travel to three and two Steelers, man. How you like this game? Man, it's gonna be a tough one for us. It's gonna be a tough one. I, I hope Vic is up for it. We need him. We need him here. But uh, I, I think it's going to be a really good game. It's, I think it's going to be a defensive game. Uh, I hope that our, uh, I hope that our defensive line can get to Palmer. Uh, I think if we can get to Palmer, that's the key. Frustrating. Get him a little. Get him thinking about what's coming at him a little bit. And I, you I can always we, uh, resign Kimo von Olhoffen to go after his knee. <laughs> <laughs> You remember that, don't you? Oh man, I think I, I think Cincinnati was Super Bowl bound that year before that play. Yeah, well, you know that things happen. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I know they remember. It. I know Carson Palmer remembers it. 
If he saw Kimo yeah, Von Overhoffen right now, he'd probably get scared. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. we'll put him on the sideline just to stand there and look at him. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> but I think uh, I think that we'll pull it off. We're at home. I think that our defense is going to be a little too much, and hopefully Mike Vick gets it now that, you know, all right, man, you don't need to prove nothing. You're a veteran. Nobody's worried about talking about you can't throw the ball. Get your ass out the pocket. Get somewhere, brother. Make it happen. You know, bring back the magic. You know, it's time. Peter's going to let your ass alone. That Peter ain't talking about you no more. <laughs> Let's go. We need nasty Mike Vick. Yeah, he's going to have to come with it. So we'll see what he does. All right, the one and four Chiefs travel to the two and two Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are three and a half favorites. Um, I think the Vikings, if they're going to have a turning point um, in their franchise to get back to where they were in the late nineties, they should be able to win this game. I mean, Kansas City's without Jamal Charles. They're one and four. They're reeling, and this is the game the Vikings need to win if they're going to be a serious. Um, be in this discussion seriously about playoffs. Um, playoffs. The one in four Houston Texans travel to play the one in four Jacksonville Jaguars. Both of these teams have missed opportunities to have division leads, but they're only you know a game, what two games out of the division lead. Uh, Houston's favorite by minus one. I actually like Jacksonville in this game. I'm pretty much done on Houston unless they just decide to give Arian Foster 30 carries. Um, I think Jacksonville can win this game, to be honest with you, because I'm just not seeing it from Houston that they want to play this year. They like the 2001 well, Houston Texans. Right. They don't, they're don't. they not with it, and, and you're right. I, I think they'll mess around, and they might get messed over. That. Yeah. So. And, and – uh, Thing is, you're right about the Aaron Foster thing. They they're gonna have to lean on him a, a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, they're gonna have to. And I know he's injury prone, but it's like, dude, what you got to lose? If you get hurt, and we'll just, you know, we're gonna be picking high in the draft next year anyway. We'll get somebody decent. All right, Denver five and zero travels to two and three. And Denver's favorite. Denver's defense is awesome. But their offense is not all that great. I think Cleveland can hang around in this game and, so, and possibly get an upset. Anybody agree? I agree with you. Uh, Cleveland been showing some some aptitude um, playing. Man, these boys they, they started last year. You know, their coach. You know, they they believe in him, and he's he's changing he's changing you know the landscape there. Um, and I tell you what, man, these boys in Cleveland, really, you know, they're not somebody you can push around no more. You know, you let these guys hang around, they they easily can come back and put up 31 points. So this is going to be another exciting game um, of the week. And um, they got a shot. They definitely got a shot to uh, do some things. You know, they, they beat up on Baltimore last week and put them in the bottom of the division. So, um Cleveland's going to be one of them teams you have to watch that might sneak up in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, that's it. The, the, the Broncos lead the all-time series 22-5. to They don't like Cleveland's beat Denver since Brian Sight was quarterback. But DeMarcus um, yeah. Ware is not playing. He's out of this game for a bad problem, and that also helps Cleveland stay upright, just roll away from Von Miller. 
All right. The 5 and 0 Cincinnati Bengals travel to the 3 and 2 Buffalo Bills. Cincinnati is minus 2 and a half in this game. Um if Cincinnati wants to prove that they're a good team, they have to win this game, but I actually think well, you know, Buffalo doesn't have Tyrod Taylor, so if they had Tyrod Taylor, I'd probably pick Buffalo. But uh, I just don't know if E.J. Manuel can do anything against Cincinnati, even at home. Anybody think Buffalo's defense is good enough to keep them in this game? I mean, right now they have the third-best rushing defense, but they still give up a lot of passing yards. You know what? Yeah. This be the game. This might be that game. Just because everybody's looking at Buffalo as all oh, tie rise down, they haven't been playing the way they played at the first the first two games or whatever. But I think that that defense, I still really think that defense is really good, and this could be that game where Cincinnati goes in and elapse, and here we go, the the, the redhead starts doing what he does best. <laughs> yeah, when Satan comes to play, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah. All right, so on 1 p.m. start. And the forgotten Miami Dolphins at 1-3 travel to Tennessee, who is also 1-3. Tennessee is a good 1-3, if you ask me. They're minus 2.5. Um, I think that the Titans can win this game. I think they should win this game. Um, but, you know, the Dolphins coming out for bye week with a new interim coach, I don't know what they're going to do, but the, the the Titans are first in defensive passing yards allowed per game. They only give up 166 passing yards per game. Um, when you look at the Dolphins, they're kind of middle of the road with their passing game, but they're last, next to last in rushing. So they have to pass. So you're talking about a team that has to pass to generate offense going against the best passing defense. Anybody think the Dolphins have a chance in this one? Nope. Nope. All right. That's that's it. They're mentally beat already. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. This game here, the game between those two teams, let's go ahead and start playing Madden 2016 because it ain't going to be worth the watch. Yeah, I agree. They'll do better on Madden than they would in real life, so you can at least get a chance to super players. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, Carolina four and up travels to the two and three Seahawks. Now this is an interesting one. Seattle is minus six and a half. Right. Seattle has to win this game. They don't need to go down to two to two and four with yet another conference loss. Carolina is undefeated, but, I mean, at what point is that going to end? I don't see any way Russell Wilson lets Seattle win this game, Let Seattle lose this game. Does anyone think Carolina can go in there and do Seattle in their own place? Yep. Okay. I think so. <laughs> I think uh, Cam Newton, their defense is, is serious, North Carolina. The Panthers' defense is serious, and it's not going to get – it takes them a while to give. The thing about defenses is to see how long they can take it. And I think that the Panthers' defense is uh, got pretty good stamina, man. They 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 break maybe the end of the end of the game, but maybe late. By that time, hopefully Cam Newton's got them up. Well, they're number six against the run, and they're number one with takeaways with plus eight. Um but Seattle is number seven against the run and number seven against the pass. 
and Seattle has the number one rushing offense in the league, which uh, having Russell Wilson doesn't hurt that at all. So, um, I mean, the thing is, can Cam Newton move the ball against Seattle, and can Seattle run the ball against Carolina's defensive line, which now has Jared Allen? So, I like this game, man. I think I'm going to be tuned in. This is a 4 o'clock start. I think I'm going to be tuned into this one. Um, you know, the last time they played was in the playoffs, and Seattle won 31-17 to um, at home. And I don't think Carolina has beat Seattle in the last five or six years. So this will be a very interesting one to watch, and I will definitely have my eye on it for sure. All right. Two teams who are probably playing for top ten picks in the draft. The one and four Baltimore Ravens travel to the one and four San Francisco 49ers. The Ravens are minus two and a half because Vegas has to favor somebody, right? Um, I this this game at one time would have been a great 4 p.m. start, but now this is the game I wish they would play at 4 a.m. Uh, anybody anybody think that um, Baltimore can go on the road and beat the 49ers? No, not in their current state. They can't. Uh, I think the terrorists, uh, Colin Kaepernick's going to have another decent game. And you got to look at it like this. The 49ers got two of their former receivers now playing for the 49ers. And, you know, Kaepernick, you know, he's due for a a decent, you know, decent performance as far as from a throwing standpoint. So I think that, you know, Bowden and, and, and Torrey Smith, they got something to prove, um, and I think they're gonna. I, I think this is gonna be one of Kaepernick's one of his uh, better uh, throwing days. So I, I, I just think that Baltimore is there in a downward spiral. They lost too many people. Haloni uh, Nada loss was really, really large. So was Terrell Suggs being injured, to, you know, on you know MCL and whatnot. So um, I think they're gonna go over there and get their ass stomped. You know, I think Four Nine is gonna get in them. Yeah. I, I I believe the same thing. They just they they lost. He's right. They lost way too much. To, they're just in a bad state right now. They're gonna have to take their ass whoopings right now. The <laughs> good thing sucks for them. Sucks for them. All right. Well, San Diego coming off that disappointing loss. Gets the luxury of traveling to Lambeau Field to play the five and Packers, where the Packers are favored by nine minus nine and a half. You know what? This is just bad luck for San Diego. You're supposed to be three and two, and this is supposed to be your loss. Now you're two and three, and you got another loss coming. Um, <laughs> yeah, even though San Diego is number nine against the pass, uh, the Packers are number four against the pass. You know, and they're. You know, the Packers surprisingly are 20th, the 20th passing offense in the league, but they haven't had to do a lot because they'll shut Aaron Rodgers down and just run the ball whenever they get a big lead. So um, I don't think that's big of, that big of a deal, but I think the Packers roll in this one over San Diego. Uh, the 4-0 Patriots travel to play the 3-2 and Colts. The Patriots are seven-and-a-half favorites over the Colts. DR, this is um deflate bowl. The deflate bowl. You know, the Indianapolis Colts are the team that ratted out Tom Brady and the Patriots. So I'm looking for the Patriots to try to drop about sixty on them. Yeah, they probably will. Their defense is 
the coast defense is is terrible. So I'm I'm sure that Tom Brady is just, just looking at film right now, just saying, mm, mm-hmm, just can't wait. Mm-hmm. Talk. It was one of the defensive backs, wasn't it, that alerted the coaches about? The I don't situation. remember or a linebacker. I, I don't remember. Yeah, so I'm sure he's gonna be ready to fight. He's ready to tee off on them now. <laughs> so I know anybody I that has that has uh, Tom Brady in your fantasy league this week, you can go ahead. You can put everybody else on the bench. I guarantee he's gonna score enough points. Oh yeah, I Tom, got him. Tom Brady gonna score gonna score nine touchdowns this Sunday against these boys. That man, they and better hope half don't play. They better hope that uh, luck is back. So they're going to need luck, all the luck they can get. <laughs> Tom Brady going to score a touchdown, and then he's going to get a needle out, and then he's going to deflate the ball and kick it in the stands. I would. I'd deflate it and give it to him at the yep. end of the game. <laughs> yep. Deflate the game ball. So, all right. Um, let's see who's next. The uh yeah, that's the Sunday night game, by the way, New England and the Colts. So I'm gonna enjoy that. Monday night we got the three and two Giants against the two and three Eagles battle for first place in the NFC least. The Eagles are minus three and a half favorites at home. Um, when you look at the Eagles, their offense is, you know, like 13th in passing and 22nd in rushing. Their defense, they got a top 10 defense in rushing, but not so good against the pass. Now, when you look at the Giants, the Giants are dead last in defensive passing yards. So, Buck, with the Giants being dead last in defensive passing yards, is this the game, if any, for Sam Bradford to show why they brought him to Philly? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm still baffled over that one, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but, you know, you got to look at the, you got to the total body of work. The offensive line is suspect. That's why your running back's not running well and protecting your quarterback. Um, you got rid of your receivers, and, you know, you don't have Macklin. You don't have uh, Jackson. Oh, you got Riley Cooper and, and Zach Ertz. And if them, those two guys are double-covered, you know, Sam Bradford gonna have to try to rely on something else and check downs and these five yard passes. So, um, the way Chip Kelly did this team by getting rid of the stars and getting rid of your nucleus, your core players, is a cost. Um, they really got fortunate last week because I was just sitting over there on the on the Kelly watch, thinking you know that if they lost, they'd go ahead and fire him. So he made it past week five. So, but still, I think that, I think he's still on the hot seat simply because of what that record is. Uh, I just don't see Sam Bradford coming in there and, and not even if he's playing a damn video game because he he's too damn brittle. And there's something similar doing that glass breaks. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Terrible. I think Chip Kelly, uh, he's going up uh, back in college. Yeah, he's going to end up back in college as a student if he keeps coaching like he's been coaching. <laughs> But um, I think Eli and the boys um, are in a good position to take control of the NFC lease. And on their way back down to the basement. So we'll see what goes on from there. 
uh, DR, at the beginning of the show, I asked Buck to pick his top five uh, power rankings, and he gave his top five. Who are your top five power rankings in the NFL? Come back to me in a minute. All right. All right. So, let's see. Let me get into some who am I's. Mm, Where do I start? Let's see. Who am I? I am a six foot four, two hundred and twenty one pound quarterback who turns thirty two years old today. And I found out today on my birthday that I'm going to be benched. Uh drafted in the first round in two thousand twelve by the Cleveland Browns out of Oklahoma State. Who am I? Brandon Whedon. Brandon Cowan. What a birthday present. You find out you're gonna be benched. So. Well, at least he can party the night before. Right. So, oh, this ought to be a tough one. I am a six foot three, two hundred and twenty pound wide receiver who turns thirty seven years old today. Drafted in the first round of the two thousand two draft uh, by the Green Bay Packers out of Florida State. Who am I? That star son of a bitch that used to be a tight end that played for them. Uh, damn, I forgot a damn name. We used to talk about this punk ass all the time. Um, who? Notice I said who, like that was going to make you remember. I was trying to trick you. Yeah. No guess? I can't think of his name. <laughs> Let's see. He also played with the Broncos and with um, the Raiders. If I'm not mistaken, uh, he was the player that was uh, in a car with a teammate who got shot or something. And his teammate died in his arms in in the back of a car, in a limo. Y'all remember that now? Yeah, I remember. I remember. He was a, he was never the same after that incident. He was a good player. He was never the same after that. I can't think of his name now. Sure. All right, Mr. Javon Walker. Javon yeah. Walker. Yeah. All right, I am a six foot three, two hundred and thirty three pound linebacker who turns thirty six years old today. Drafted in the second round of the 2003 NFL Draft by the Detroit Lions out of Georgia. Oh, uh, shoot. He was in and out. He was in and out. Uh, he was, number, was, he, was he number 50 at Georgia? I don't remember at Georgia, but he's number 97 in the league. I'll give you my hint. Give you a hint. He had a brother that played in the league. Yeah, I know. I, I just can't remember their name. Uh, his real name is Rodney. He and his brother went by nicknames. God, I cannot remember these guys. I remember this. Mm-hmm. It just didn't come to me tonight. His brother's real name is well. His brother's 
Bailey, Deuce, Deuce, and uh, I mean Bailey, the Baileys. Yeah, you got them. One is um, Champ Bailey. Actually, Champ was his middle name. His first name was Roland. But the person we're talking about is Boss Bailey. Boss, yeah. Yeah. Boss Bailey, who played five years in the league, long enough to get a pension. Power rankings. The Patriots. We'll get to your rankings in just a minute. I got two more. All All right. right. This uh, I am a six foot three, two hundred and fifty three pound tight end who turns forty four years old today. Seems like he might be older, but I guess forty four is right. Drafted in the nineteen ninety three draft by the Washington Redskins out of Maryland, but most famously known for his days at Tennessee, number eighty nine. it. Frank John Wachek. And the last one's a tough one. Last one's a tough one. I am a six foot one, two hundred and forty five pound running back slash fullback slash tight end who turns fifty two years old today. Drafted in nineteen eighty six by the Philadelphia Eagles out of Ohio State in the first round. Fires. Boy, you got that one quick. Keith Byers. Yeah, he was tough. All right. I remember. Give me your top five. Top five. I'll go with the Patriots, Packers. I'll take the Falcons, the Bengals, and the and the Cardinals. Okay. You got the Cardinals pulling up the rear. All right, fellas. So I'm going to get ready to shut this thing down. And... Uh, Let's see. You got a good fight coming up this weekend with Triple G and and Lemieux on pay-per-view. I don't know if I'll be able to catch it, but I'm going to try to catch it next week when they re-air it. But, um, yeah, so I appreciate you all joining the show tonight. Shut this thing down and get to bed at a decent time. So you talk to Check out the podcast tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern. The live show will be back Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, and we'll get back into some zone coverage after that as well. Everyone have a great night, and peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what I meant. <laughs> you want to be my blog lover. My name is Quincy. The Talk to Q Radio Show. But I do believe that the love for money and power most of the time outweighs their love for women. And this is my show. Yeah, that's what I was saying too. I think I was just doing a lot of shows with this, this thing too. Cause... Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World?